and watching Daniel Baldwin long to sit in this chair during this scene <laughs> is such a bu- he keeps trying to move around the space so that it would be natural for him to be sitting in this chair he sort of gestures his way across the room so he's sitting near it and then the other guy leaves and he's like oh, oh he's just about to sit in this chair oh I want to sit in this chair I'm so tired so tired of not being Alec <laughs> God awful movie 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because no one intervened in time. I'm your host No Illusions and sitting 700 miles to my immediate left is my good friend Heath and right Heath, welcome back. Thanks Noah. So, uh, you know who's a good actor? I don't. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> and, uh, Daniel Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. Pretty much everyone with the last name Baldwin has some acting ability. Are you sure about Alec, that? Daniel, Stephen. 100%. Maybe yeah. if you averaged them out, Daniel becomes a decent actor. I don't I don't think so, though. Backdraft? Wasn't he in Backdraft? What? <laughs> and sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Uh, I'm pretty sure I took a bunch of acid a few uh-huh. days ago and imagined a movie. So okay. I'm fine now. That's fun. I just um, let's here's hoping we all imagined the same movie, <laughs> though. Right. So tell us, Heath, what acid trip will we be breaking down today? We watched uh, David Lynch's A Christmas Carol, <laughs> also known as A Little Christmas Business. And it's exactly like the title makes it sound. This is the mall kiosk of Christmas movies (laughs) in the dirt mall that has just like pretzels and the Dead Sea salt scrub guy. And that's it. And (laughs) And one guy who fixes shoes or something like maybe a cobbler and Daniel Baldwin. (laughs) What I'm saying is Daniel Baldwin is the Dead Sea salt scrub guy of actors. Yep. Yes, he is. is the mall kiosk of movies. And Eli... How bad was this movie? Well, if you love Christmas movies, but they lack the unsettling horror of a fuck robot's face, you <laughs> will love this movie. It's Mark Zuckerberg, the movie. Was that? We actually made one of those, and it was way better than this. So even finding this movie is a great example of this movie, because when you look it up on Amazon Prime... <laughs> There's a version you can buy made in 2013, and there's a free version made in 2015 that are the same movie. And no (laughs) one, that's the experience you're in for with a little Christmas business. You You know when you do a bunch of drugs and you're about to have a bad trip and you sort of do a bunch of weird stuff? To try and scare the bad trip away. You're like, oh, no, I just I need a Krispy Kreme donut really quickly. And then I need everyone to take off their socks and talk about how cool their feet are. And it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. (laughs) This is that feeling the movie. Yeah. Okay. so two things I never (laughs) thought I would say about a movie. Wow. I'm surprised Amazon Prime would have a movie this bad on it. And Wow, I'm surprised a movie this bad could net Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> I said both of those things yesterday. All right, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst. Uh, all my notes end in 
what? Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like, that's pretty common in these movies to have some what's in there, but there's not a single scene in this movie where my notes didn't end with what the fuck is happening or some <laughs> other extreme variation of what? Uh, it, no, like, yeah. They, like literally after I read that in your notes, I did a control F for what the fuck is happening and I got five. What with a question <laughs> mark got 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was going to go with best worst equipment consistency. Yes! It's shot on an <laughs> iPhone. They have a red at one point. It is it is baffling, I, yeah, the budget right. of this film. Yeah, okay, so clearly what happened here is they had not good equipment, but decent equipment for most of this movie, and then they had to do a bunch of reshoots or something like that because somebody was wearing a Nike shirt, and Nike was like, oh, fuck no, or something, and they just used what they had. Right. So like the microphones and the camera are wildly out of sync through this movie. They are never good, but sometimes they're worse. Oh, it's nuts. And like the question, you know, that thing where the kids reconstructed Indiana Jones and you can see them getting better and better equipment. It's like that in reverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie. All right. Did you have any best worst, Eli? Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst understanding of a trope, right? Because what this movie is going for is Christmas Carol, right? Ebenezer Scrooge is mm -hmm. like a grumpy guy and then he gets visits by ghosts. But that somehow got broken down into businessman meets dead people who love him. Christmas. <laughs> like that's the closest whoever made this script got to understanding a Christmas Carol. I feel it's like the Finnegan's Wake version of Christmas Carol is what I feel like the narrator of Finnegan's Wake is describing Christmas Carol to me. That's what this movie is like. They got confused by that plot, which is very, very simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of trouble. Repeatedly. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, if we're going to try to explain this movie, we need all the time we can get. So we're going to keep the break brief. And when we come back, we'll dive into all the 2008 cell phone footage that is a little Christmas business. Goodbye. Hey, Jack. Um, wasn't expecting to see it today. Who's this? Yeah, I, I know. I, I just um... you will have called a meeting tomorrow. What? Who are you? What's I happening? Was, I was Mike. Yeah, this is this is Mike. Uh, he's going to be writing the screenplay for our movie. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, why is he sticking his dick in the water fountain? Yeah. I if I had a guess, I would say he's trying to reverse pee. He's what? It, he doesn't get the the time dimension. He's temporally impaired or something. Right. Okay. Reverse pee. Yeah. So um, when can he have the script done? Nope. Uh, by width of the month. What? I, I'm, he'll have something banged out soon. Is what no, no, no. It'll be before that. Before what? Now. Uh, okay. Are you sure he can write a oh. script that's going to make any sense? It seems oh. like... I no. don't even suspect that he can. No. Oh. Right. Yeah. So why did we hire him? Uh, his uncle has a really cool wood paneled hallway where we can shoot nine out of every 10 shots in this movie. Uh, sorry, guys. When is your bathroom? What? Hello. Hey, podcast listener. Has this ever happened to you? 
Oh, it's uh, a hat. I was just thinking I would start wearing those. Well, then give the gift everyone is sure to love this holiday season. Tickets to our live show in Dallas, Texas on January 12th. Not only will you be giving that special someone the gift of laughter, but you'll be giving us money as well. So if you think about it, it's like two gifts. But that's not all. Buy a VIP or platinum ticket before December 15th and we'll record a special holiday message for whoever you like. Hey, Dave, can't wait to see you at the live show. Melissa, would you consider your marriage all the way closed? What's the deal there? Not that last one. Got awful movies live in Dallas, Texas, because the greatest gift is being present. Really? That's that's what we're going with, Eli? Present. Yeah, present. No, we got it. Like a birthday. Like birthday present? Yeah. <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start off with a red flag. This is brought to us by Breaking Glass Pictures, which <laughs> it, even the production company is named after fucking something up, apparently. Yeah. From, ah, <laughs> oh, it's everywhere production. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I know I've had a lot of font notes recently, but this font is almost self-spoofing, right? The green, the bright green cursive font that you can barely read over these backgrounds. <laughs> All right, so we get an awful lot of credits. The key, though, is that Daniel Baldwin is in this and also Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> I just wrote in my notes, will this entire movie be done through credits? Because I'm okay with that. I knew we would get to it eventually, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> And we also get some uh, bad Christmas music, yeah. naturally. Uh, what Child Is This is being played. And the guitar player is clearly trying to get laid by playing What Child Is This, <laughs> but like extra hard. And you can like hear the transition just like... A lot of rock okay. stars did a Christmas album. It's... <laughs> All right, so now we see a sad-looking Santa with the wrong hat on uh, in front of a store. This sad-looking Santa will be a major, like, mover of the plot in this film. Really? Uh, I feel like I, I don't no. want to be pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> I withdraw. He'll be in it a lot, I should say. <laughs> There's lots of him in this movie. All right, so now we're going to meet a little kid who's just going to go off and get raped until the last scene. That's real. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was my second viewing that I realized that's what this kid was. And I, I, was, I had this crazy moment where I, where I was like, what if this whole movie makes sense? <laughs> like, what if I keep seeing interconnecting threads on the second viewing? Do not worry. It no, does not. No, no. Okay. So, yeah, so we meet a mom and her son that we will barely ever see again. The kid wants to go to a toy store, but she's got to go to work. So she she lets him go, but only very, very briefly can only like visit the toys quickly. This is the worst mom. She's like, yeah, you, you can go look at the toy store for five minutes and get nothing. Enjoy. Have a good yeah. time with that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you do that by yourself. Hope you don't get kidnapped. Best of luck. Make sure you bother the demonstrators a lot. <laughs> Fuck you, lady. Say a bunch of personal stuff so that everyone knows your life's like a tiny little tragedy, but they've got to keep smiling because they work there. Like, just little slip in little like, daddy keeps drinking the NyQuil. Just keeps throwing that in there in between conversations about the toy. There you go. 
my skin sure is loose. Look how loose it is. It's pulling right off. All right, so then we cut to a different mom and son. Uh, this one is hanging out at their house in the morning. Mom is making breakfast just like 93% of the moms that we've met on this show, right? <laughs> and uh, and David, the kid, is staring at his huge number of Christmas presents. Yeah, <laughs> mom's, mom's looking good, by the way. Is she not? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, like, absolutely. Oh, I like, she's like strong good. Like she could... Yeah. She could like hang with me at a meat restaurant with like Absolutely. an entire pig's head. Yeah. Gets in a fight with Sarah Huckabee Sanders and wins. Yeah, right, right. Gives <laughs> you an angry hand job on the way home. Absolutely. All right. All right. So then we get we cut to Daniel Baldwin getting ready in the morning. Now he is <laughs> This is insane. This is I could not stand this. I literally fast forwarded through it the second time. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin nuts. is shaving? The exactly the way I imagined Daniel Balls would shake. <laughs> Just like, ah, shake, shake, shake. Like a fucking lunatic. Like he's he sanding well be, his face. He might as well be pulling the hair individually out of his face with tweezers. <laughs> he's doing circles with it. Oh, my God. He's got two in each hand. He's going double. It's nuts. I mean, I know we make fun of weird shit on this show, but seriously, though, honestly, he shaves really fucking weird in this movie. All right. I feel so bad for Daniel Baldwin because that wasn't a direction. Right. Rome was like, because he doesn't. I was like, oh, OK, he's doing that because he's going to cut himself or there's going to be a joke about how bad. No, that's just Daniel Baldwin was like, here you go. <laughs> you notice should i do my shave scream i'm sorry daniel you're what you my shave scream okay you guys you know your shave scream right you did okay let's hear it let's hear it <laughs> okay. i'm not alec okay. no, that's, yeah. i am an i alec you know what we got it we got, got it, it. that's in well, and okay, so then they try for a comedy beat here because they don't realize that this is funny. So he gets a call on his cell phone and then he gets some shaving cream on his phone and he can't figure out how to get it off. So he licks the shaving cream off of his phone. <laughs> what? That's, yeah. What? Well, that is absolutely Cool Whip. That was well, the yeah, demand no. of Daniel Ball. And he's like, we're going to use Cool Whip as this prop and I'm going to eat so much of it in so many takes. And he does. There were several shots where he was just scooping the Cool Whip into his mouth from either side of the face with a razor. And they were like, Daniel, that's not how anyone shaves. That's how I shave. Yeah. I know, man. We saw earlier today, but half the cast quit. So you can't do that on camera. Are we out of fucking Cool Whip? Oh, 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 that's my Cool Whip scream. That's my out of Cool Whip scream. All right. So then we have we, any more money for mics? No, we do not. We yeah. just have Cool Whip money now. You got to stop yelling into them. Um, so, okay. So now we cut to the, the Daniel and his wife and his son all saying grace before breakfast. Daniel Baldwin, by the way, looks 106 and like the years haven't been kind, right? Not oh, a good 106. He's, he's he rough. looks... He looks 106. He's married to the female avatar of Heath and I's hometown. And his child looks like <laughs> one of those gray aliens, you know, the grays wearing a human face for an offensive intergalactic minstrel show. <laughs> like, like someone's going to write a hot take about how offensive his child's <laughs> costume is. Oh, yeah. The kid is crazy. Like if there was a boy named ABCDE, it's this kid. He is nuts looking. <laughs> he looks like a giant bee 
tried to disguise itself like Chunk from the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then stung itself in the face a bunch. It's He's allergic to himself, too. He looks like he's going to tell you he's four-thirds Asian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Now, it, it, we have the whole, like, you know... Boy, isn't this a wacky, happy family moment here where Daniel Baldwin wants to take his son to the thing, but mom doesn't think he should go to the thing because of the homework. But Daniel Baldwin gets his way. And this goes on for, you know, 11 minutes or so. Yeah. But and again, I'm I'm not going to point this out every time. I promise it's the insane version of that conversation, right? We've seen this conversation a thousand times in a thousand different movies. But this is the like, he hasn't done his homework. I'll tell you what. I'll bring him home. I'll do his homework. He'll make love to you. They can hear the singing on Mars. They can hear the singing on Mars. They can hear the singing on Mars and then it cuts away. You have to watch this movie. You have to watch this movie just so I'm not the only one who's seen this movie. I need a fourth person to see this movie. All right. So now we, we, we're going to cut to a scene in the car. Now, the camera wasn't good before. Right. But it was good for this movie. This car scene is like a ransom video from the 90s. It's nuts. Yeah. Zach Morris is shooting part of this movie on his 92 cell phone camera that apparently they have. But only sometimes because they have, I think, two cameras or do they eventually have three or four different ones? Like one's. The Zaprooter camera, <laughs> iPod shuffle that's got a piece of green cellophane that they didn't take off because they're stupid. Free case protector. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all right. So, they're going to go stop by grandma's, but first, Daniel Baldwin gets a call from his angry boss. Now, yelling Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, I mean, this movie is almost cartoony from time to time. Like, like when, when we meet Angry Boss, he has this weird all bass soundtrack as though he was a cartoon elephant that was sneaking, right? <laughs> there's a lot, like, you know, there's wacky sound effects when they have, like, funny, air quotes, funny moments and stuff. This is one of those moments. The boss is yelling just random business words. Yeah, we get more, uh, Scripting with Mad Libs. It was just like, yeah. I need a last name and a business word right now. Uh, Johnson uh, numbers. Okay. What are the numbers on the Johnson account? Like, seriously, that's what they came up with. Yep. Throughout the movie, it's it's just like that. Yeah. This is the first but not last time I will write in my notes. This feels like the dry run of a movie. Like, <laughs> not quite the dress rehearsal right. for a movie. <laughs> Like I'm in an elevator with Daniel Baldwin and he's describing to me this movie. Yeah, yeah right, 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 exactly. All right, so they show up at Granny's. Now, Granny has early onset dementia, right? Like this movie will several times she'll like forget that so, that she said something or forget about something. This movie will not deal with it. This movie will treat it almost like that's like a, a like a wacky characteristic of grandma, her Alzheimer's. Absolutely. It's like, oh, grandma, you're ever increasing dementia. Here's the only way that character trait would have made sense. If at the end of the movie, we had seen her sit down to write this movie, this entire movie would make sense. <laughs> All right. And OK, so here's how lazy this fucking movie is. What they need to establish here is that Daniel Baldwin's character is spending too much time at the office and not enough time with his family. 
So mom turns, so granny turns to him and says, now, Daniel Baldwin, are you spending more time at the office and less with your family? That's how they get there. Are you time with the family or are you establishing the plot? The <laughs> plot I'm doing the plot. Wow. And again, like that's what all our movies are about, basically, especially these Christmas ones. But holy shit, is that a lazy way to get there? Um, and also, apparently, that's all the purpose that well, that and the funny fruitcake jokes is all the purpose that this scene has. Right. Because uh, clearly they have stopped by to say goodbye. They she they came by for her to be like fruitcake and for them to be like most people don't find that enjoyable. <laughs> that, that's it. I'll echo through the wall now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they get back in the car to the drive to the next scene. Now they have this impossibly useless conversation about how the kid doesn't like his teacher, old lady Jones. I, again, I feel <laughs> insane watching. I felt so crazy. Well, the scene begins with him saying, do I have to eat the fruitcake? And Daniel Baldwin going, no. And then because the, uh, they didn't write a joke, the music goes, Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, Honk. yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and then the kid starts talking about. He says, "Dad, do you did you always like all of your teachers in school?" And no, he did. He did not. No, this is the word for word response that <laughs> Daniel Baldwin says to his child. Yes, please. I don't guess you could say I liked all of them. <laughs> what? I don't guess you could say I liked all of them. And then he pauses because you can see Daniel Baldwin, the actor, being like, what the fuck did I just say? <laughs> the actors are so confused by this movie. Yes. Much like my notes, a bunch of lines and with actors also being like, uh, what? Yeah. Like, now that you guys heard it, can we fix that? Like, can you guys maybe read your words out loud and we can avoid this? The writers, you can do that. You can just write it and then say it to yourself. All right. We'll but now they, they have to stop so dad can business some business with the business. And on the way upstairs, he has an an acid trip. Yeah. Well, falling down acid trip thing. He bumps into the to this guy on the way out. And he the trip starts right away, so I thought he had, like, poisoned him. I wrote in my notes, damn it, he never should have arranged this meeting with Vladimir Putin. Okay, yeah, that's what it plays <laughs> like. Yeah, like the guy had slipped him something or gave him an injection as he walked by. And by the way, the best part of this is Daniel Baldwin really falling down and hurting himself <laughs> for this <laughs> shot. he gets to the top of the stairs. <laughs> his face hits this carpeted floor so hard it's so good the fall is so aggressive <laughs> like daniel baldwin could have belly flopped off a high dive moment <laughs> in the movie it's so good oh he head butts the floor yeah no clearly um and okay and then he gets we get him waking up and i wrote in my notes at this point or is he right because like fucking obviously this is the moment in the movie where it all becomes a dream sequence or some weird shit right mm -hmm. they will they will be coy about that for the next fucking hour and still manage to confuse you even though you know that's what's going on yeah i'm not 100% sure about what happens yeah. So, okay. So he walks into the saddest, shittiest office that you can imagine. 
I mean, it's just all wood paneling. It, 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 like working there must be like death without the release. Yeah, no, the only explanation for this movie is that everyone who worked in this office building got to do something fun for the first time in their life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so he wanders through this uh, weird hallway, and he pops in on an on-air radio station that has the door open. Seems like a bad idea. Well, he pops in (laughs) on a a guy with a mic and a mixing board. It's it's what I picture every other podcast studio being like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but with like none of it making any sense in a technical sense. No, he's uh, got like, first of all, he has no pop filter and it's so, so aggressively loud with the peas. Like for his play school mic that he has and things are plugged into nothing and stuff that they wouldn't like. He's got one cord in his mouth. Nothing makes sense. (laughs) Yes. And this is the DJ. His name is Jade D. (laughs) (laughs) J.D., the DJ. Yeah. And he says, is that on purpose? And J.D.'s like, no, no, it's a a coincidence. I wasn't named to be a DJ. Is that your question? Did my parents name me J.D. in the hopes I would become a DJ? Because no. (laughs) These these movies cannot invent just a normal fucking name. Right? Just make it like... They're fake names. It's got to be stuff like Johnson and Smith or somehow ethnic slurs. There's no middle ground. Yeah, yeah, no middle crazy ground. Or Smith. <laughs> I'm here to see Gook Rice Cake. Is he here? What? Is it on the <laughs> office on the fourth floor? All right. So, but but the DJ tells him that before he can go get his business business, he has to go see the nurse. Um, And this leads to what they seem to think was a joke where he says, well, you know, we sure have to cover our own two, three, four. And the other guy goes, interests, interests. (laughs) It's the most awkward fucking point. Like, like we do this, like when we do this shit, there's a delay on Zencaster or whatever. And still we never have something this bad. Oh, I want to see the 97 takes that this took where he was just like, I got it. You need to cover your own. <laughs> you got that? No, you're oh, supposed to say interest. In, you are you going longer? This th- you, th- you thought it would you, be good to go longer you, to try you that jump out? jump in. Here we go. Ready? You've go. got to cover your own interests. interests. Nope. They, that was on time. Therefore, All right. One more time. Here we go. Interests. Nope. We've got <laughs> to, I say it first. Okay. <laughs> we do the sentence backwards. Interests own our cover. Gotta all read. And that's what made it into the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so now Daniel Baldwin wanders off to go find Nurse Jenny. But before he can do that, he has to run into Linda. Yep. Who is every stranger lady who wants to talk on the airplane? Oh, my. <laughs> and thinks that they're the witty. Uh, you don't see my headphones over my headphones? I'm wearing two <laughs> sets, to be clear. And holding a book and a newspaper. <laughs> and my hood is over my head. I pulled the drawstring. That's right. She's the Wizard of Oz's scarecrow's mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's looking a little rough. But yeah, she shows up and tries to be witty. But what it ends up being is her making fun of how bad the makeup on his head bruise is. <laughs> right. She does the whole it's kind of like a cut, but it's kind of like a bruise. But really, it's kind of like somebody just dabbed a little red paint on. Can someone save me from this scene? It's not nearly as obvious as the foundation you're wearing is what I'm saying. You're wearing like bright orange, very clearly a woman, an older woman's foundation, not <laughs> theater makeup. 
Come on, let's go see the nurse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before they can go see the nurse, he stops and he's like, you know, this is a really interesting building. Everyone here is so nice. I believe that Daniel Baldwin has never been in a building where people are nice before. I okay. think this was Adlibs. <laughs> yeah, to, nice to Daniel Baldwin. Okay, all right, I get that. So, yeah, so after, but then he has to spend a minute trying to get a three-way going with Nurse Jenny and Linda, right? Because she's like, this is the nurse's office. He's like, you want to come in with me? You want to? Yeah. I'll put on, a, I'll put on some stirrups and you can just ride right in there. I started to suspect this was a horror movie. That's how uncanny the dialogue and interaction yeah. were. Is I was like, oh, this is like, he's in hell, right? And this is like, he's going to walk into another door and the nurse is going to put stuff on him. What's going on? Yeah, no, that would have made sense or more sense anyway. We can get a cup of coffee or a Band-Aid together. What the <laughs> fuck did I just say? <laughs> Guys, read it out loud. What did we say? <laughs> All right. So they go in to see Nurse Jenny. And here's how the humor in this movie works. She's on one of those little inversion benches. And somebody says, Nurse Jenny, what are you doing? And she says, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> and she clearly, like in real life, got this inversion bench delivered moments before her scene and could not ignore it. She had to play with her new toy. There's no other way that that happened. Oh, it's the best. Because you could see this, a lot of this scene was structured around this because we then have to watch this, you know, somewhat older lady heave herself out of an inversion for eight and a half. But she's like, ah, hanging out. And everyone laughs and she's like, okay. Seriously, they'll help me. This hurts a lot. This is, <laughs> oh, I think I have a nosebleed. Nope, just dizzy. So, all right. And by the way, like we should also point out that Daniel Baldwin's head wound is morphing at the rate of Rorschach's mask at this point, right? Oh, absolutely. He got bit by a runner. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So he goes. He gets uh, sits down to get nursed up, and he realizes that Nurse Jenny is the same nurse he had back in grade school. Yeah. And his nickname in grade school was Dandy Don Collier. Because he was gay? I no idea. They were like, what's Don? Don the... Dan. D word, name a D word. Dandy is the only one we can think of right now. Dandy. We all yelled dick and Dandy was the second one. There was 20 minutes of, of silence and then Dave said Dandy. So that's what we're going with. <laughs> All right, and so I feel like this was my first what question mark moment of the movie, right? He's talking to the nurse, and it, it, he he says to her that he didn't bring his son with him like he's trying to f hide the fact that he has backup in case this is a horror movie. I, I, yeah. uh, all of my notes here are, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I have a wife who is out of my league and a kid who is not locked in my car. That's not what's happening <laughs> right now. I would I would crack a window if he was there, but he's not. So it's the last thing. No need. Okay, so he's going to leave to go get his business business, but first she has him sign a release form. And that's, okay, so here's the dialogue around the release form. He says, chuckle, chuckle, I guess I'm just signing my life away, huh? And then she says, no. You are signing up for life. He doesn't then run the fuck away. 
No, people say that apparently to Daniel Baldwin on a regular enough basis that he's like, I got it, signing up for life, gonna take my vital fluids. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> got some paperwork to get signed. Hey, Santa Monica Police Department, good to see you guys again. <laughs> awesome. We have these little moments together a lot. It's <laughs> fun. All right, so finally he gets to the business room with his business where he meets William Baxter. But it turns out that William Baxter is his old buddy from high school. They were on the high school b boxing team is what they came up with. I love that they came up with boxing team. <laughs> Don't worry. It's going to come back in a way that totally makes Oh, it pays off. Sense. It pays off. <laughs> but it's the best. Again, another 20-minute silence after everyone yelled, like, field skating. And they were like, no, it's not real. <laughs> punch. Yeah, he could have been part of the punch club. Yep. And, he, and his, his buddy asked him, he's like, so, uh, what happened with that uh, little scar there you got on your forehead? Because you were a boxer, right? You beat up six guys by yourself. You know, like famous actor Daniel Baldwin is known to do in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you on the boxing team in high school? You beat up all your brothers and you're more successful and popular than them? <laughs> like Daniel Baldwin, the actor? This was with a capital C. Maybe you've heard of it. <laughs> I love to like in, when they have this back and forth, they're trying to do old buddies from high school. But this writer is so this is the same writer that came up with, I guess you couldn't not say earlier. So he has no idea how that would work. Oh, it's <laughs> the best. And this is where I realized, oh, they're doing the Christmas ghosts thing. But it's the Christmas ghosts. If the Christmas ghosts were people catching up with you at a high school reunion, where you both realize you have nothing in common anymore. <laughs> yes! That's this movie. Yes! It's that moment where you run into someone in the grocery store in your hometown, and they're like, ah, oh, what are you up to? And you're like, stuff that has nothing to do with you. And they're like, oh my gosh, stuff that has nothing to do with you. Wow. Great. Let's... Flour, huh? You buying flour? <laughs> <laughs> What's that it's... for? Your girlfriend? Get it? Because the flowers like flowers. <laughs> it's you a said terrible comedian. life. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, so, but that's the thing, yes. Like you said, they don't get the trope, so they just have him meeting people from his past. They're not, like, you know, they're not sending a message or anything. They have not, they just chit-chat. He will meet a series of ghosts, and every single one of them has nothing to say. Yeah. Every one of them is just like, ah, both put on a little weight. Am I right? <laughs> both of us. <laughs> Ooh, the dirty 30. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then they say some nonsense that makes no sense, and he doesn't address it. They, they say another thing like, yes, you know, we're eternal. What? You, did you say we're eternal? That's... Yeah. Makes, see that? Like, just talk... Just start stealing from Dickens or whatever the fuck you're going to do. Let's go. Hurry up. Yeah, no shit. Each of these characters will try to do, like, a subtle hint that they're a ghost, but they can't pull off ghost or subtle. So just... So this one, for instance, he's like, oh, yeah, I moved. Into the afterlife. Nope, that is. <laughs> yeah, is explicit. Yeah. All right. So he leaves that office. Stalker Linda comes back to try to fuck him some more, and it. I guess he needs a second signature too. He thought he only needed the one, but Billy Baxter tells him he needs Mister Schnell's signature as well. I thought he said Mister Snow, and I was very upset. But it's it's Schnell. <laughs> so. 
All right, so he's walking down the hall. Linda's going to show him to Mr. Schnell's office, but then he runs into his old boxing coach. <laughs> he's got a T-shirt tucked into his pants. What's wrong with having a T-shirt tucked into your pants, Eli? <laughs> he looks amazing. I have a T-shirt tucked into my pants <laughs> is, right now, Eli. He is every is high school can do teacher I've seen out in public ever. Yeah, no, and, he, and they're like, he's like, hey, what have you been doing, coach? He's like, rotten in the ground, but mysteriously in act one. I Wait, no, they had, is that a note? Is that my line or a note? <laughs> all right, and of course, all of these ghosts also have to stop and talk about, A, what an asshole his boss is, and B, how the most important thing is family. But again, not like in a way that's coherent with what's going on. They'll just stop and, ap and say, apropos of nothing, your boss is an asshole, and the most important thing is family. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, it is nuts. Also, it's a tiny moment, but the coach in his scene takes place near a chair and watching Daniel Baldwin long to sit in this chair during the scene <laughs> is such a... He keeps trying to move around the space so that it would be natural for him to be sitting in this chair. He sort of gestures his way across the room so he's sitting near it. And then the other guy leaves and he's like, oh, oh I was just about to Sit in this chair. Oh, I want to sit in this chair. I'm so tired. So tired of not being Alec. <laughs> and again, because this movie is so lazy, right? Like, because every character is somebody from his past. But instead of the, like the movie trusting us to go, hmm, I wonder who this Linda person will be from his past. He has to stop and say, weird that all the other characters in this movie are people from my past. What about you, Linda? And she says, oh, act two. Maybe. Oh, trust me. I'm going to pay off in a way that makes really no fucking sense. <laughs> no. Really? Were you my English teacher? Did we fuck? <laughs> Pacey in Dawson's Creek? No. No. I could Okay. I don't want to wait. All right. My boat to me empty. Mrs. Smith, the English teacher. <laughs> Dandy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to cut to Daniel's wife, who is also apparently having an alternate timeline in his dream, too. Right? Because they encounter Santa, who's going to turn out, uh, spoiler alert, he's a Christmas ghost, who's going to be a Christmas ghost. But maybe this isn't part of the Christmas ghost timeline? I, I, who the fuck knows? Yeah. Okay, so she comes over to, to Granny's house. Granny, remember, has Alzheimer's, but they're playing it as a comedy beat. She just can't remember nothing nowadays. Oh, and again, so just a great example of how insane this movie is. She's supposed to be making this unbaked fruitcake, but whatever Lynchian fucking Lovecraftian nightmare set designer they have has laid out each ingredient in its own ramekin. And so she's just standing in front of a table of seven dozen ramekins, each filled with a different spice or sugar. Or it's like this person had never seen bake. It's fucking insane. Also, what the fuck is unbaked fruitcake? What is she going to do now? Just like hand them a bag of raisins and throw raw eggs at their face? Flour? Like what? What does that even mean? And of course, the mom comes in and says, Hey, do you, would you happen to be looking at a picture of baby Daniel Baldwin and his dead sister who is now guiding him through Kmart heaven? Oh, I was. That was exactly what I was 
doing in that moment as though to hint to you that perhaps she would be the dead sister character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's Daniel Baldwin's father. He worked too hard. Too hard. Very next day, right after this picture, died of the employment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, but she has to stop making unbaked fruitcakes so they can go Christmas shopping together. So they can go Christmas shopping at Papyrus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, or someone's living room, as we'll find out later. Okay, so then we cut back to that DJ from before. He's given a news update. Now, here's his news update in its entirety. Still no update on the case of the three local kidnappings. Like, is that, have they not heard the news? Well, it's a, it's still no update on the case of the three local kidnappings. The children have been missing for seven months. Okay, here's grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then I guess uh, Mr. Schnell, the other guy's signature he needed, he was out to lunch. So Daniel and uh, Baldwin and Linda have gone to lunch as well. Uh, Mom from that first scene where like the kid went into the toy store is the waitress here, which is the first indication that we get that that's related to this movie and not just like the film that was already on this tape when they started recording. <laughs> but she's a little blue as she takes their order of two BLTs. Yeah. <laughs> and she writes it down. Too. She does. Yeah. <laughs> she writes down BLT, BLT, coffee water with like crazy amounts of pen strokes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, she spelled out bacon, lettuce, and tomato. She yeah. Just- so, okay. Yeah. And, and the, he's like, wow, that waitress sure is sad and dour and not in the Christmas spirit at all. And then Linda, the old lady goes, yeah, no, her son got kidnapped. What? Seven months ago. That kid, first of all, that kid is fucking dead. Yeah. 100%. If your kid went missing seven months ago and your last name isn't smart, your kid is dead. <laughs> Fucked to death and burned to ashes. Thank you. Oh. Two votes. <laughs> also, by the way, they're talking about this because the movie's telling us that they heard that radio broadcast just now. Yeah. Yeah. Which was apparently playing in this diner. So there's a guy running the music at this diner just fucking with the mom who lost her kid. <laughs> <laughs> Still no news. No news now, but you thought there would be by now. <laughs> He's found his body and giving you some closure, but no. Still. Just playing Mel Gibson over and over. Give me back my son. Okay, <laughs> come on. Come on. All right, so now mom and granny are shopping for vases for Daniel Baldwin's office. Now, they are not in a store. <laughs> they have very nope. clearly filmed this in someone's living room. And the guy who they were filming was like, no, pretend you're buying this vase over here. Yep. I give a vase. 1,000%. The only reason this scene is in the movie is because this woman promised her personal trainer she was fucking a part in the movie. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I, like Homemade porn would have been ashamed of this set design. <laughs> and so this is also where we meet the cashier who... I'm not going to say anything at all about his physical appearance because he's so very clearly auditioning for a gam roast. <laughs> he's tryharding. He's tryharding. Yeah, on, exactly. 
so so he, he, as he's cashing around on the big vase purchase, wacky hat Santa comes into the store. He steps out of Daniel Baldwin's dream and into this store. Right. To, to say to mom, he's like, hi. And she's like, hi, do I know you? And he's like, I'm Santa. All right, goodbye. Yep. I'll be in the movie more later. <laughs> kind of makes sense. At this point, I was like, all right, so Santa's a kidnapper and grandma used to fuck the kidnapper. That's the only way <laughs> to we stop go. what's happening right now. That's <laughs> tying up, connecting dots. Tying up really close to actually somewhere. what happened, though. Yeah. Mom <laughs> did used to fuck Santa and he's kidnapped Daniel Baldwin. I feel like that that might have been what happened with the uh, with the lady from the beginning and the kid going to the toy store. They were like, oh, we shot that. I guess it I mean, it seems like for no reason now we have to tie up that loose end. So this entire plot was to tie up that loose end. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, Daniel Baldwin was quite impressed with his BLT. So he tips the waitress one hundred dollars. I'm just saying she didn't make the BLT, dude. Why don't you give the cook a little love? One of the greatest moments in all of the movies we've ever watched is the actress who plays the waitress starts walking into the scene too quickly as he's saying that's yes. a delicious BLT <laughs> and watching her slow-mo <laughs> yes. walk to make her line is awesome. She does a little figure eight. She's like, ah. <laughs> uh, hey, can I get you guys anything else? I, but yeah, he, I like to walk four quick steps and nine <laughs> slow ones. Yeah, Here's $100. Sorry, your kid is dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Get yourself a nice other child. <laughs> I, sorry. Uh, uh, go fund me for ransom. Got you started there. How much ransom is it? All right. So they leave the restaurant. Wacky Hat Santa is in the restaurant too. And then because of the tedium of this goddamn movie, we continue with Linda and Daniel walking from the restaurant back to the office. <laughs> and and talking about the BLT no less it's not like something important happens here the full menu they talk through almost the full menu of that local diner she's like oh the chili is good um salad's cheese okay cheesesteak is good yeah and he says well if their cheesesteak is good like their BLT this is my new favorite restaurant really like if their ability to put bacon next to lettuce, next to tomato, <laughs> next to bread is any clue, you guys could fuck. What? Yeah. So after they run down even the dessert menu, they mention desserts. Uh, they, they're back at the office and Linda's like, actually, I'm not in the movie until act three, until the wrap up from this point. So I'm going to leave. But first, I'm going to tell you I love you. And I always have. <laughs> and he goes for the I love spending time with you too but she saves him the trouble she's like no no trust me. It'll, make, it'll make sense and Daniel Baldwin's just like cool 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 cool, cool. I'm gonna go <laughs> uh, this is the part of the movie I've decided is weird <laughs> alright so he goes back in the office but then we cut back to kidnapped kids mom wacky hat Santa is gonna have a heart to heart with her Santa's getting some of that grief pussy. <laughs> Look, nobody fucks like a grieving mother. I've said it a million times on this show. Santa gets it. It almost never makes it to the end cut, though. Yeah. Well, trust me, I've said it a lot of times. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, nobody knows about kidnapping like Santa Claus, I guess. So he's yeah. just had to talk to her. 
And he says, he says, getting your kid back is all about faith. And maybe Santa Claus isn't the best character <laughs> to deliver the line about faith. I'm pretty sure everybody on this movie in real life believes in Santa Claus. That's, that's entirely possible, yeah. Members of this cast believe they are Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now Daniel finally makes it to Mr. Schnell's office, and wouldn't you know it, Mr. Schnell is somebody he knew in high school, too. <laughs> it's the best. He is Steve Bannon's me character, if you want a picture. <laughs> oh, I have Steve Bannon's body double. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and But now these guys weren't friends in school. They were enemies. Daniel Baldwin tried to steal Gordon Schnell's girlfriend back in the day. <laughs> no, you tried to steal my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Schnell, he's not the only character who does this, but he's definitely one of them. He talks all weird old timey for no reason. Yeah. So, so uh, Dana Bowden walks in and Mr. Schnell's like, well, I'll be so already. What, who talks like that? That's just <laughs> fucking weird. And then he's like, if it isn't the guy who stole my best girl before the sock, <laughs> <laughs> what's going Dude, on? Lindy, all your F's or S's. I don't know what time. Fucking. <laughs> 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 and then, they have the yeah, oh yeah moment, right? Yes, yeah, which which Heath has um, added to the notes here. It takes about six lines. It's genuinely amazing. Because he goes, oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? 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 Yep. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, it's like they're both working off a teleprompter that is frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just... Because someone's waving behind it. He's making the, like, cut noise and they're making the cut no, gesture no, no, no. and neither of them are getting it. Yeah. This is, this is going great. I took, actually, I took a class about the Meisner technique, but I got kicked out <laughs> after the first 10 minutes. But I'm pretty sure we're nailing this. This is going well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Oh. Yep. Yeah. And when they finally wrap Dandy. the yeahs, there's, like, this long series of like Daniel Baldwin talking about how awesome he was in high school, right? Like he's like, no, but I had a high GPA. Daniel Baldwin did. And my character. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of those popular athletes who's also smart and had a huge penis. Like <laughs> yes. underrated actor Daniel Baldwin in real life. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. I guess we would have called you the high school wild card. That probably would have been the best way for you to be known. It's <laughs> for your intelligence, grace, and charm. So, yeah, but they're arguing about the girl that they both wanted to date in high school. And finally, Daniel Baldwin's like, yeah, she was kind of a bitch anyway, which is when we learned that Gordon married that kind of a bitch. Mm, wasn't worth it. Vagina was... Uh, you know, like raspy. I'm going to say rat, like, <laughs> like a nail file, kind of sandy, but like not in a good way. I know like when I said sandy, you smiled, but like not the good, oh, like bad sandy. I married her. Okay. okay. Oh, I feel like you should have interrupted. Especially yeah, it could have got me earlier when I just said her <laughs> vagina is. Yeah. and But so Mr. Schnell is going to tell Daniel's boss on him now. He's going to tell on him. What? <laughs> 
Yeah, he says, I'll sign your thing, but I'm going to tell your boss you said my wife had a sandy vagina, but not in a good way. <laughs> we are adult businessmen. <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs> All right, so he leaves the Schnell's office and his cell phone rings. Angry boss is angry. Do you have those signatures? Yes. I mean, no, because then the movie, your character wouldn't yell. Oh, all right. Um, get them. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. He now has the signatures and the boss calls and says, do you have those signatures? He's like, nope, not yet. And you think maybe the movie is setting something up, but it's not. It's just trying to confuse you. It's trying to add one more interrobang to Heath's notes. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for old timey little kid. Oh, uh. <laughs> all right. It okay. took me so long to figure out that this kid was going for old timey New York accent. Yeah. So what they did is they found an elementary school production of Grease and they kidnapped <laughs> the kid playing Tony. And this Kinecki, character is I would the say. Yeah. 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 Oh, and this character is the result. <laughs> oh, it was it was so bad. Like even for a little kid, it was so bad. Yeah, so this little kid in the leather jacket walks up out of nowhere and says, hey, mister, you look like you could use a cob one. Right? Right. And Daniel Baldwin's like, are you selling me alcohol, child? And he's like, nah, man. I'm in <laughs> a soda. And in what might be the most horrifying moment of the movie, Daniel Baldwin goes, oh, I would love a soda. <laughs> and then we watch Daniel Baldwin pine for a sugary beverage for 80 years, 800 lifetimes. Uh, by the way, for those of you wondering when Anna left the movie, it, it was at this point that she paused it, turned to me, said, what language was this movie originally in and left? It's in the language of 1915. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, okay, so the kid comes up to him and he's like, hey, you look like you could use a soda. And he's like, yeah, I could use a soda. He's like, yeah, they have them down the street at the store. Like, what is his function? Like, he's, the the <laughs> owner sends him out. He says, look for people with head wounds and drum up some business. All and of our notes are just, what is happening? What, what, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Yeah, no, I have an all caps, what is happening? Heath has two all caps, what's the second with an interrobang, and you have an all caps, what the fuck is happening, <laughs> all on the same scene. And Daniel Baldwin has a what the fuck is happening in his <laughs> line. He's just like, okay, what? Uh, you're a paper boy? Where are your papers then? <laughs> and he's like, I already sold them all. <laughs> and Daniel Baldwin's like, Okay, that actually checks out. Good answer. <laughs> I'm going to need that soda pop soda. now. Where's that soda pop? Where's <laughs> soda pop? All right, so then we have to cut back to mom and granny. They come by wacky hat Santa on the street. Again, this is two consecutive scenes of them running into wacky hat Santa. And mom, uh, granny, <laughs> I guess, gets distracted by Santa's abs. Who knows? She's just staring at him like she's fucking sunsetting. And she's like, Mom, are you okay? And then Santa turns around and he's like, it's good to give it Christmas. It makes all your Christmas dreams come true. What? And then the scene is over. And I was like, what horror movie is this from? <laughs> Who gave me what to smoke? <laughs> All right, well, at this point, the notes are starting to be just one really long bang. So we're going to pause to talk about sane stuff among ourselves for a minute. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. 
Is Daniel Baldwin just fucking with us at this point? Was this screenwriter only allowed to select words that he had the refrigerator magnet for? Why the fuck is this movie? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the somehow even less comprehensible conclusion of A Little Christmas Business. As one watches A Little Christmas Business, questions occur like, how desperate was Daniel Baldwin for money? How many microphones could they afford, and why did that number change? But for interstitial purposes, one question stands out most of all. What would happen if we here at God Awful Movies met our ghosts of Christmas past? Sorry, are you Noah? No illusions? Uh, yeah. It's me, uh, Dave, from high school? Oh, Dave. Hey, man, fuck you. Sorry, what? I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest, I don't remember you, but fuck you. I'm sure if you're from high school, fuck you, Dave. You haven't changed. That's fun. Eli? Eli Bosnick from high school? Uh, yeah. I will kill you, you son of a bitch. Okay, uh, ah, that is three in a row. Rough. Three in a row. Heath? Heath fucking Enright? Uh, hello? It's me. Yeah. Mark Miller. Come on. Remember? Uh, I got kicked out of school. Kicked out of school. I mean, I'm going to need you to be a little more specific than that. We went to high school. I got kicked out of school for smoking apple seeds in class. Uh, then I came back into so, high school that we both attended and I beat up my girlfriend in the hall for being pregnant. Uh, still... Just lots of people. The B-Hall. I beat up my girlfriend, my pregnant girlfriend in the B-Hall. Right. That's that's still like nine guys. I constantly um, wore a Monster Energy hat. Same nine guys. And then I got uh, sucked into an MLM. I got super buff for a little while, but then I got like crazy fat. I found Jesus. I post a lot of racist minion memes on Facebook. Still a bunch of people. It's not helping. I'm left-handed? Mark, dude. Lefty Mark, how are you? Bad. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it must be, must be pretty bad. Rough. Do you want to buy a lot of Thrive? I do not. You had me at <laughs> two. And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our heroes, the Cheshire Cat was going, I don't fucking know, man. And Daniel Baldwin <laughs> was heading to the quarter pub for a soda. <laughs> from uh, a fun old-timey character that we're about to meet. What the, the, the bartender looked like the opening act for Dr. Woolsey's Miracle Elixir. He looks like a ventriloquist <laughs> dummy that went through a bad divorce. It, it, he is almost <laughs> the weirdest looking person we've ever seen in a movie. Oh, <laughs> if if not for Estes Perkle, this guy would absolutely <laughs> take the cake. <laughs> Yep. And he's like, all right, what can I get for you, bub? And bub, like, when is that? I don't understand. But, like, but, what do you have 1.21 gigawatts by any chance? <laughs> like, past where we are, apparently. What the, who says that? And he orders a diet soda and the bartender doesn't go, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he orders one finger of neat diet soda <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. in a rocks glass. That, and that's what he gets. Yep. Yeah. Just like, this is normal. Here you go. They thought Bum. that was funny, probably. 
Yeah, okay, so the bartender has some great advice for him. He says, hey, you should quit your job right before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, he says, fire your boss. And he's like, what? He's like, fire is the name of my course I'm giving down at the Holiday Inn. <laughs> they let me use. It's not like a conference room, but they <laughs> they push the bed. Well, they don't push the bed against the wall. I cover I push it the bed a, with a painter's tarp. And then I, <laughs> I have a little projector my daughter got me for Christmas for my slides. Yeah, it's a karaoke machine, but I mean, it works. It's just a microphone. Comes with food. Small Comes setting. with there's a free lunch in the middle of it. <laughs> I bought a Subway party sub. <laughs> I'm telling you, everything works out. Just look at me. Yes, look at me. Yes, yes, that's what he actually says. I, I lost my job as Luigi when I started getting chemo. <laughs> and now I'm a soda jerk at the top of my field. It's all great. Look at me. Yeah, when Fire he said, boss. look at me, I just wrote in my notes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he's like, he's like, I don't think I can quit my job because, you know, I have bills and shit. And the guy's like, let me ask you a question. Are you going to church tomorrow? And then Daniel Baldwin starts bawling like a child. Oh, it's the best. I just wrote, me too, Danny B. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he, he gets his soda, then he leaves without paying. And weird accent soda kid catches up with him outside the pub. At this point, he gives up and just sits in the nearest chair, right? Like we, he was like, I am not going through that shit with coach again. I'm sitting down for this scene. Fuck this. All right. So, and, and the kid with the weird accent now is selling papers, even though earlier he was out of them. This movie. I, yeah. Okay. First of all, do they think that paper route means you walk around trying to hawk newspapers on the street? Like newsies. Yeah. Like he's there. Extra. Extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Hey, dude. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. But he does buy a paper from him. And he also reminisces about how he, when he was a kid, also had a newspaper route with a kid that looked oddly similar to this little kid. I wonder oh. whatever happened. Nope, I don't wonder. I do not wonder that until the third act. Shit. When he bought the paper, I was really disappointed we didn't get to see it because I really wanted to see the people who made this movie attempt a paper. <laughs> they were like, paper <laughs> news question mark every day. <laughs> The Dandy Chronicle. No. <laughs> the candy the Chronicle. picture on the no. front page is of a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> newspaper. Proof of Life Tribune, stupid. <laughs> All right. So now Granny and Mom are decorating a tree. Um, and Granny says, hey, I made up this really cool picture on the computer of... Daniel Baldwin and his dead sister that he never met that will probably act as his guide should he ever wind up in a dream heaven what sequence. What the fuck was that? <laughs> All right, I learned to use Photoshop, so I made a dead child versus a live child thing, kind of opposing each other. Here's the uh, dead child taking a wacky selfie at Auschwitz. That's fun. Dead child planking. What the fuck? Do you think he'll like this or do you think he'll love it? I'm saying, should I save it for his birthday or is it okay for Christmas? Well, let me see the Auschwitz thing one more time. 
Yeah, the, the whole point of this scene is for her to turn to Daniel Baldwin's wife and say, my dead daughter is dead. End of scene. And now, okay, so Daniel Baldwin has to go to a flower shop to buy some flowers for his wife. But damn it, if the florist isn't also an old dead friend of his. Oh, and this, where he freezes. Oh my, like he's hiding from a Tyrannosaurus. (laughs) So in the stage directions here is Daniel freezes. But Daniel Baldwin literally like green light, red light. Yes, with his hand halfway to his mouth. You can see his nose moving because it itches or something. And you see the other actress being like, no, Daniel, that's not what... (laughs) I I laughed so hard I had to pause the movie and watch this several times. This whole movie is a delight. Don't watch it when you're on drugs because it gives you the experience for free. But this scene is worth the entire film. He, he plays a game of Twister as he slowly works his way towards her. <laughs> yeah, so this is his old girlfriend, Gina, and he's like, hey, super sorry that your husband and child are dead or something. I meant to reach out, but, you uh, know. Is this a uh, good time? I photoshopped them into Mount Rushmore. <laughs> is this fun for you? Yeah, but he needs to buy some flowers to apologize to his wife. Yeah, it's so he was. She's like, no, don't worry about it. My husband and child died. What did you need? And he's like, I'm looking for something for my family. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. You know, just, just buying some flowers. He also says, you look amazing. And she goes, you're a liar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he is. You are a liar. She looks like a wrestling themed prostitute. <laughs> I think. That's a bad example, and I think she looked good. <laughs> Strong disagree with everything Eli just said. But it is awkward, the moment for her. She's, he's like, you look amazing. And she's like, you are also here. <laughs> <laughs> you look a little like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you look like, well, a little. A little. <laughs> like Alec Baldwin, but also Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> but a little injured, like Grimace had a bad day. Grimace fell. I also love that this is the point where the the makers of the newspaper Tribune had to come up with an address for him to have his flowers delivered to. <laughs> and the people in the movie were like, okay, we're going to need an address now. Somebody name an address. Five. Five. Okay. Got it. <laughs> what? You need Maple, fucking more? <laughs> Maple Street? Five, five Maple Street. Five Maple really? Street. They might as well have a character named Five Maple Street. Like, <laughs> who walks in right now at this point in the movie. Hello, I'm Five Maple Street looking to pick up my Alec Baldwin flower. Could you send me to Dandy Don Terrace, please? <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, back at the 80s movie bookie office that this whole movie takes place in Billy and Gordon and the nurse and the coach are all getting together like this was some Ocean's Eleven type con on Daniel Baldwin it's the best it is it is the imagined plan (laughs) again this movie just keeps getting better and crazier it's like hey what if it's the Christmas ghost but it's just all the people you don't know anymore from high school what if all of those ghosts (laughs) had a planning meeting but it had already taken place because fucking paper kid walks in and he's like hey what's going on my dudes and they're just like shut the fuck up man shut the fuck up (laughs) we don't want any papers get the fuck out (laughs) 
Quitting time. Who needs a soda pop? <laughs> Who wants an ice cold tab? I'm buying. <laughs> Down at the corner pub. All right, so back at the floral shop, it occurs to Daniel Baldwin that Gina, the florist that he just ran into, is actually dead. Right? So he has this weird moment where he walks into the back. And he's like, I'm sorry, Gina. Are... <laughs> Are you sure you're not dead? This is so uh, awkward. I am positive. So awkward. You know how it's like when you, you're trying to remember that name of the movie with Ed Harris where he pounds on the lady's chest and you know the scene really well and you can't remember it? That's how I feel about you being alive. It's like, what is that movie? And aren't you dead? And it's like, oh, and back and forth. Remember, he's like, live, damn it. Ah, oh, something. Inner... It'll come to me. But okay, but he goes into the back and he starts talking to Gina, who he's not looking at, right? He's just talking to her and she's off camera behind something or whatever. And when she stands up, it's not Gina at all. It's some other person going, no, no, no. Gina died many, many years ago. It's someone's maid who agreed <laughs> to be in the movie. Yeah, right. Hello, right. Miss Baldwin. No, she is dead. <laughs> For 30 years. But but I have her sweater right here. Yeah. All right. But okay. And then he just acts out my brain in this moment. Oh, he acts out nothing. Daniel Baldwin's just like, none of this makes any sense. The movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Steven gets more roles than me. Steven. He's a gross. He's fucking bag of skin with hair gel holding him together. It's not, my life does not make sense. He's a full, full on flip out. It's the best. Yeah. He starts wandering off yelling. This makes no sense. This makes no sense, which is absolutely accurate. Um, and also as he's doing this, he's wandering through downtown and like earlier in the movie is haunting him. Uh, it's in, uh, but again, like this movie is the insane version of all the tropes. So earlier in the movie's haunting him, but it's also like clips from this podcast are playing and then like my <laughs> eulogy and then my first words is a bay. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> and Daniel Baldwin almost lets a truck hit him. That's yep. clearly supposed to like slow down and stop. And he's just like, I'm going to let it happen. I'm not going to jump out of the way. Oh, doing what he that. loved. Being in a movie. He I runs into you, the truck and stops. I gave yeah. you two fives, man. You promised you'd hit the, you'd hit the gas. <laughs> <laughs> I want my fives back. So I want my fives back. <laughs> All right. So he runs back to the wood paneled office and he demands that the DJ tell him what the fuck this movie is about. But the DJ is like, man, I never sent you to a nurse. That must have been some kind of dream sequence. And he's like, impossible. Then this would still be that dream sequence. What the fuck is going on in this movie? Oh, and Daniel Baldwin tries to do the slide down the wall thing that people oh, do in movies. But he just falls <laughs> hard yes. and very clearly hurts his tailbone. Yes. It's the best. He's got like 10 genuine injuries from trying to do, quote, <laughs> stunts in this movie. Those are all real. Yeah, and leading up to this, too, they have that scene where he goes down the hallway and he's like trying to open the doors where the people he met with earlier were and nobody's there except the hallway's too long and there are too many doors and he uses every <laughs> single one. He's like, there's like 14 doors that he checks in this scene. Oh, I thought this was like a prank by the director. Just like, okay, man, this you really next had scene to we're going to shoot something. in the Pentagon. Good luck. You're going to need to open all the doors there. 
<laughs> Put them in a round building. Yeah, the uh, the door you're looking for is in the corner. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. I'm almost there. So yeah, so he collapses against the wall, and now Waggy Hat Santa shows up, and he's like, "I'm gonna finally make sense out of me as a character. Now you've earned it." Am this, I? This hat thing. The movie was convinced this was gonna pay off. Fucking huge. This hat thing. Oh, did they, it? No. They invested way more money in Santa hats than they did in microphones. So oh, they, yeah. were really, they were really this counting. Was non like not like I thought it was gonna be like a, a spinning Santa hat at the end, like Inception, but like nothing <laughs> happened with it. <laughs> no, uh uh-uh. uh. No, so Santa shows up and he's like, Hey, don't worry, we're in act three now. I'm allowed to explain what's going on in the movie. So he's like, follow me, though. We're trying to get to this hour and seven minute runtime of ours. So you have to walk with me down this hallway very slowly. (laughs) So and also, by the way, Santa's carrying an umbrella. They have to mention this. He's like, hey, why are you carrying an umbrella? He's like, it'll make sense later. And he's like, will it? He's like, not really. No, No. I could have just used my hand for that. All right. So Santa takes him ultimately after a very long walk and talk to a graveyard. Okay. Where if Santa murders him, this makes sense. Oh, and it's it's a talking gravestone. It's a picture-in-picture gravestone. Brought to you by Portal, except as rendered by the guy who does the commercials for your local furniture store. Now, here's the funniest thing about this. This is literally just, it's a shot of a headstone, and they've dropped in a picture of other people talking in front of a green screen. Except... It's not a green screen. It's a cum don green sheet. <laughs> it's a sheet that they didn't iron. No, it's got cum stains and shit all over it. It's, it's so fucking gross. It is so distracting. But there's also, nothing that could have been said or done during this scene that I wouldn't have been like, wrinkle! <laughs> wrinkle! Somebody grabs it at one point. I'm doing laundry. Uh, <laughs> I know you're shooting, but this has to go in. It's gross. I forgot to do it last week and the week before. Yeah, and by the way, okay, so they're what they're doing, they're trying to shoot for like he's looking at the gravestone but he's actually seeing these pictures but the gravestone is shot at an angle and they just used a flat square for the pictures so they don't line up right the picture doesn't line up with the (laughs) gravestone and every time they show it it doesn't line up in a slightly different way it's the best (laughs) i love daniel bowen's reaction too santa claus is now walking him (laughs) into a graveyard and santa's like uh, go look at that TV inside that gravestone right there. And Daniel Bowen's like, okay, that's just reasonable. <laughs> yes, um, just, like, I, I have questions later, but I'm going to go do this right now. That's fine. It's kind of Obviously. thing that Santa tends to do. So, okay, but yeah, but on this screen, on this gravestone, we have all the various characters that he met in the movie, all the Christmas ghosts showing up to say, no, we were Christmas ghosts the whole time. And him going like, no, everyone, everyone got that. Is that the reveal? Right, but they don't have anything else to say. They're just like, hey, Donnie, I, w- I was a Christmas ghost. I got raped to death by a bear. <laughs> um, it's actually a fun little story, uh, if you give me a minute. And then someone shoves him out of the frame. No, no, I'm doing my Christmas ghost thing. <laughs> yes. Hi, Donnie, heart attack. Um, uh, say hi to the family for me, please. <laughs> Also, and if you need a Toyota, give me a ring, right? This was the first time, by the way, that because they want to buy a bench. Yeah, 
So Newspaper Kid shows up at this point, too. And this was the first time that I actually pegged that what he was going for was old-timey New York voice. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first time I found out that he wasn't just trying to vaguely make fun of all the ethnicities that he knew. But yeah, but then Wacky Hat Santa steps around behind the gravestone, and, and now he's on the gravestone camera, too, right? Because it turns out that Wacky Hat Santa was Daniel Baldwin's dad this whole time. What? Feel like I'd recognize my dad even in a beard. I'm just saying. Sure would. Also, Ghost Dad dressed up as Santa so he could say hi to Alzheimer's mom as a prank? What? Yeah, right, right. It doesn't make, because he's like, he's like, sorry for being so deceptive, <laughs> but up, I was yeah. trying Why to like make this whole thing go. I was trying to like, you know, uh, organize this from the side, but it's like, but you never did anything. You never encouraged him to go away or anything. You just kept showing up at the end of the scene. Anyway, yeah. So, okay. So the screen on the gravestone turns off and the headstone reads, once it's turned off, it says, Donald Collier, I should have spent more time at the office, right? Like, because nobody would put that on their gravestone, but they didn't have carving words into stone type budget for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a picture of a blank headstone where they have Microsoft painted in those words. Oh, it's the best. I all, The only thing that would have been better is if Daniel Baldwin had like traced his fingers along it and the words that appeared on his hand, they'd been like, Daniel, come on, man. But <laughs> so, I could touch for the acting. And then again, he passes out face first into the dirt. So hard. Like, so like he was trying hard. to commit suicide from three inches, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you would think that the movie was over now. You'd think it would just be a quick wrap-up, but no. He wakes up on the carpet. It was all a dream. But then we rewind time and we discover that it's not that he had a stroke. It's not that he passed out. It's not that that guy shot him with some kind of injection. The guy he bumped into on the way into the office walked back in behind him and hit him in the head with a crowbar. A crowbar that he had up his sleeve. All the way up his sleeve. (laughs) So this guy, this guy walked into the building with a crowbar up his sleeve so that he could then walk back out past Daniel Baldwin and be behind him and then run back in and hit him with the crowbar. Yes, that was the plan. That was Rob Reiner's plan. Yeah. And okay, by the way, like just for the kids at home, Hitting someone in the back of the head with a crowbar kills them. It sure does. It doesn't trigger Christmas dreams. Or uh, create a small cut on their forehead. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, but he wakes up at length after being knocked out uh, by the crowbar and hears his kid yelling for help outside. It's time for him to go outside and box Rob Reiner, the kidnapper Uh, guy with the crowbar. You ever see two kids get in a fight about whose dad would beat up the other one's dad and then a monkey paw curls and and everyone finds out that you don't want to watch two 40-year-old men fight each other? (laughs) That's this scene. So every day at the Little League field where I grew up. Right. Every day. It's so bad. Yeah, so Daniel Baldwin is now 
beating up an old man, like an old, <laughs> yep. overweight Rob Reiner type guy who's like 70 years old. Like, he might as well be doing a monologue from NYPD Blue at the same time. Just, <laughs> that's right. Also available for cop shows. <laughs> Beat up a senior citizen. My brother's very talented. <laughs> he might come. He won't come. But I he might. He could. <laughs> Rob could Reiner, could. cast me now. Cast me now. I'm going to kill you. So, yeah. That so, he something. beats up the kidnapper. Um, and but the kidnapper get he so he runs to get his son now that the kidnapper's unconscious, but the kidnapper wakes up and the kidnapper has a gun, but just before he can shoot him, wacky hat Santa, the ghost, knocks him out with an umbrella. Which won't kill you. So there's the fun. <laughs> this is not the ending I was expecting. I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought I knew where this movie was going. I, I said the same thing. I did not expect this movie to end in a fight scene. Well done, no. movie. You keep Even all the boxing from... cues that they gave us, but yeah. yeah. This movie's a lot of things. Predictable? Not one of them. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> all right. So the cops come. They get the kidnapper. The EMTs show up to uh, to fix the kid who nothing happened to. He wasn't in oh, a fight. It's the best. Watching the EMTs just like, Padding various areas on the kid is <laughs> with gauze. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, they have the newscaster lady in this scene, and this lady looks oh. like she was sentenced to do this by a judge, right? Like it's she, the best. <laughs> and she says, "Hey, my sentence is eight words, motherfuckers. I'm not doing nine. Um, <laughs> here I am at the place uh, at a time. I am a news person." Who uh, that is? They're over there, and I'm over here. <laughs> Cut. This man got attacked by another man, and <laughs> goodbye from me on this news today. <laughs> goodbye. Everybody was white, just for the record. I'm a black woman. Everybody remember this? They were all white. All the girls were white. But yeah, but now all the kidnapped kids are just fine. Uh, very raped, but they're just fine. The DJ, I love the DJ announces this now. He's like, all those kids are fine. They got raped a lot, but hey, all's well that ends well. That which does not kill you, right? Not right. going to say what he's been doing to them for seven months or weeks. Or, but don't worry about it. Here's mommy size. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, right. <laughs> JD the DJ. <laughs> All right, so Daniel and his son drive off and his boss calls him again. And the boss is like, I told you to be back here within the hour. And Daniel Baldwin's like, no, that happened in the dream sequence part. <laughs> oh, right. But I quit. By the way, people, never quit. Get fired. Be smart. Okay. Yeah. Blaze of glory. Do let go Costanza. Have some fun with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, at the very least, have a fucking backup job already. Jesus yeah. Christ, the moral of this story is if you don't like your job, fuck your boss, quit right before <laughs> Christmas with no other plans on how you're going to pay your fucking mortgage. Hey, boss, you're fired. Hello, Alec. Uh, question. <laughs> I need to borrow some more money, baby brother. Can I, need I to stay borrow. on your couch for four years? I, no. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on this movie. $25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Danny's hurting bad. <laughs> no, I don't have PayPal. <laughs> oh, I need you to Western shit. Union me. 
<laughs> like a drug dealer or a Nigerian scam. Fuck you. Hello, Steven. I need some help. <laughs> called you. Called you before I called Alec. Just hey. in case you're wondering. <laughs> Billy. Don't check that. Billy is the other one. I remember you. You know David A.R. White? I, I know you know David A.R. White. All I right. look up to him. So in now, this industry. wacky hat Santa is delivering flowers to his wife because, okay, so when he orders flowers in his dream, they get delivered in real life. It's a weird superpower, but it's the one he's got. Right? <laughs> so Santa, wacky hat Santa shows up, delivers her some flowers, and while she's reading the card, he leaves like Bat Santa, right? Just disappears when she looks back up. Bat Santa! And now, suddenly, we're at a chorus where everyone's singing Christmas carols. We're at a chorus made entirely of incest-themed porn stars. So this, we're, <laughs> this is like five years into me having crazy billionaire money, and Riley Reed is just like, hark the hand. I'm just sitting there <laughs> on a rascal 600 pounds heavier, oh, throwing mar poisoned marshmallows at Tucker Carlson in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hacked into my computer? <laughs> I feel like you're hacked into my hacked computer. Hacked into your heart. <laughs> so they're, say, they're singing all of these Christmas carols. The dead people are there too, right? Like uh, uh, fucking Daniel Baldwin can still, still see him. He's got sixth sense now. Also, he points them out to his mother, right? He's like, hey, Ma, see all those Christmas ghosts? And she's like, I do see the Christmas ghosts. What? <laughs> He throws a newspaper <laughs> into a Christmas ghost. Right. You want to know what, like, what's happening in the real world? Like, my last notes are just what? Seriously, what? And then in a larger font, no, I'm serious, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, time to wrap it all up. I feel like Christian movies are in need of some help here. They've been using gainful employment as the nemesis for quite a while. Uh, they need something new. Any ideas what they could replace it with as the villain in A Little Christmas Business Part 2? Uh, Cthulhu, who obviously <laughs> came and visited everyone in this movie before A Little Christmas Business Part 1. <laughs> uh, uh, traffic Jams and Heather Heyer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Nailed it. All right, well, that's going to do it for our review of A Little Christmas Business, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to make tomorrow's donut. So, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Joseph and Mary. Little uh, K-Sorbs in ancient <gasps> Israel. Oh, I hope oh, he does an accent. Sorbo again? Yeah. Oh, I hey. hope he does an accent. All right, so with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 173 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slot to give people drafts on Mars. Although the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm no illusions. Promise to work hard or earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. In early December of 2018, a Facebook page entitled R.I.P. Daniel Baldwin got almost a million likes, despite being a hoax. 
Linda went on to think she was being witty when I really just needed to cash out and leave with things to <laughs> fucking do. The kid Daniel Baldwin rescued went on to kill Sean Penn's daughter. He said my daughter in there! He said my daughter in there! No! No! Play that clip from Mystic River? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to eat a pig's head together, Morgan. I don't think we're going to do that. Oh, I bet Morgan. Noah's, Noah's not going to eat a pig's head, but we're no, all going to eat it. Well, CBD provisions? What? Eli's not going to eat a pig's head either. I'm going to sit there. though. Bringing it around. <laughs> call, call forward. It's great. I would, I would inter- like to buy a, a bench. Do you have a bench? <laughs> no, that's my bench. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that bench. He would never give up that bench. <laughs> Unlike his kids. I will give you this meth. Okay. So, bench. I thought so. <laughs> I was distracted by talking about this Seriously? bartender. How can you forget five? No, I said five. I said five that time. <laughs> I, I I know that time, but like I'm I'm going back. I'm looping back to that. For, how do you get to four, but you forget? Because I was so focused on talking about this bartender. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, no, he's pretty fucking weird. My entire being. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.